was taking it easy into turn three and then somebody caught, uh, went completely on the inside rear. Yeah, your race is over by lap one. Pretty sure that back home we've got the right people to progress as soon as possible. Nobody has a hard on. Cheers. P5, what a race. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, boys. Awesome job, Lewis. Looked like an easy ride there for you, mate. It's beautifully managed, beautifully managed. What a fantastic job, guys. Really, really so impressed. Thank you so much. Luis, your driving wasn't bad either. <laughs> Thanks, Toto. Oh, man. Round two is over. And already F1 2020 is looking like a great one. Welcome back to the grandstand. You there, Knowles? What is up, P-Money? My goodness. So, all right, let me try to guess which state you're in this week. Where were you? Where were you last week? Was it Maine? I was in Maine last week. I'm now in New Hampshire, but they border each other. So it's not, you know, it's not too crazy that I'm next in another state. I hope you don't have to quarantine 14 days each time you cross the state border in the States because that would be fucked for you right now. I, no, because I'm not staying here. I'm just visiting for business purposes. But the, the hardcore COVIDers would, would say that I need, I'm a super spreader, but I actually don't have it. So. You know. All right, all right. Well, if, if you all know, you hoes. <laughs> so, with all this traveling, did you actually catch the second race of the season this time? I did, and I got to watch. Uh, I got, I got to watch the whole thing. Man, and what a race Dude, it was! So, people, people think that two races at the same track would be boring, but we got two very different races uh, within a week of each other. But let's roll our intro and get into it. Let's do it. Oops. A question for all of you except Roman Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access. Access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. Oh, I don't know if you caught that, but I was whistling the Italian national anthem there for a second. <laughs> Whoops, because uh, that's irrelevant, actually. <laughs> Wait, so... Obviously, way, before we get in, before we get into this like brilliant Lewis Hamilton performance, uh, we got a little preview of what F one would look without Ferrari. And what did you think? Did you mind it? Absolutely not. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Oh wow! So Lewis Hamilton finally gets the W in Austria, one of his weakest tracks. Uh, that's two races, and it's uh, another win for Merck. Uh, quick, uh, quick race run through. We got Lewis in P1, Botas P2, Max Albon, Norris P5 again. Holy shit! Uh, the two pink Mercedes, Perez and Stroll, our boy Danny Rick, Carlos Sainz, and Kvyat getting that last point. Whoo! That midfield is so 
fucking bonkers right now. I, I it's I mean, we did say in our season preview that this year we and I'm proud of us for actually, you know, being on being on point with this. Um sorry, that's uh my recent download from Napster. Um and uh <laughs> Yeah. Napster's back, and so is uh, illegal downloads. Um, just kidding, not true. Well, you anyway, know, Napster is fully legal now. But yeah, yeah, supposedly, allegedly, Metallica. Um, Metallica. Yeah. Um. All right, back on point. Um. I back on racing point. You seem to be saying uh, we're going to get to that. Um. We we rightly uh, predicted that that the midfield was going to be a lot more exciting to watch this year. And goddamn, is that true? Wow. But you know what we didn't really predict was how close that midfield, that Formula 1.5 was going to be to, you know, the Formula 1. Actually, it does seem like we're getting a more level playing field. And if the new regs make that even better, then whew, F1's going to get tasty in the next few years. It's been so... Holy shit. Yeah. It's been so racy, and I think that point you made about people complaining about two races at the same tracks back to back. Give that—I mean, the—I I love it. I'm so—I'm kind of into it. Um, we've got Silverstone doing it back to back, which Silverstone is such a fast track. Um, I'm excited to see the pink Merc on that thing, back to back. Oh man, yeah, we'll we'll get to that pink Merc. Wow, that because that car is fucking buzzing and creating a lot of headlines. Yeah, but can we just can we just talk about Hamilton? I we both you know we both thought that he had a rough start last weekend, but holy shit, he set the whole field. He just told everyone who was boss. Like I that quality lap, one point two seconds ahead of Max and P two, that gap was bigger than the gap between P two and P ten fucking phenomenal lewis hamilton i just want to take a second acknowledge how epic that lap was yeah it uh, lewis what he's back i mean i don't want to say he's back to himself but he's definitely feeling it going into hungary which is one of his favorite tracks um Mm. it's huge it's just a it's a huge momentum booster for him and it was a master class the dude the dude had a phenomenal weekend um and to me, it's going to be hard. He's going to be hard to beat this year once again. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I thought he might have struggled in the first two rounds, but you know, as he emphasized, I kind of, I think he was kind of throwing shade not at Botas, but maybe starting a bit of a psychological warfare with Botas. But he said, you know, I stayed back and worked with the with the engineers all week trying to figure out what was wrong. And I didn't go home because pe- people usually give him shit for that. Whereas Botas and our friend Charles went back to Child. Monaco and Charles was, you know, snapping photos at an art gallery opening and he got a lot of shit for that. And I think rightly so you put the whole F1 bubble at risk, Charles. So as you saw, karma was a bitch for you. <laughs> That's it. I'm wow. done. <laughs> uh, so your Ferrari fanboydom is where? I mean, I don't like F1 without Ferrari, but I also like F1 without COVID. And I think that was a pretty stupid move from Charles. No matter how good well, of a driver I... you are, 
I would have said the same for Lewis if he'd done that. Well, regardless, I don't think if you've got back-to-back races, you should be going, I mean, even without COVID, if you've got back-to-back races, you shouldn't be going out and socializing. Like you should be prepared for the next week, especially given the fact that you also put, well, he had a pretty good weekend last weekend. Um, the fr- in, Miraculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, compared to Seb, but still like that was not a great, it, that was not the f- performance that we expect from Ferrari, but Again, as I will always say, there really shouldn't be high expectations for Ferrari anyway right now. Um, but you, you don't. No, you know, you know where I'm at on that subject. Um, but you should be focused on that race, in my opinion, um, and in putting Abs- putting in the best performance. Absolutely. And guess what? Guess what happened? Look what happened. He wasn't. He wasn't meant Ferrari. I mean. With the rain, we thought that was going to shake up the whole grid. Even Vettel said, oh, yeah, with the rain on Saturday, that might even out you know, performance as it does usually. And they were nowhere. Uh, just, you know, briefly on that quali, uh, I think it's one of you know Lewis's top three laps of all time in quali, personally. Uh, especially because his weekend didn't start off so well. Just so that, that's, when it, that's when it fucking turned around. And he put in, he actually put in two pole laps. His second lap also was fast, was as fa- fast enough to be pole. Also, I don't know if you caught that. So he double pole lap basically, um, which doesn't mean double points in the stand championship. But man, that was great. So you, as you know, I know you're a big Lewis guy. Do you want to hear? Do you want a few stats? I got a few stats. I think you might enjoy. Oh, I love I love a good Lewis stat. All right, here we go. All right, so we got. Lewis's 85th win moving in within six wins of the GOATs, which is kind of scaring me right now. But he's at 85, which is huge. Even bigger stat, I mean, I think for me is that it's his 51st win plus pole combination, which is as much as Alain Prost's total F1 wins in his career. Damn. Yeah. You want one more for the road? Well, I am on the road, so let's hear it. You are on the road. Well, I'm not going to give you the choice. I'm giving out those stats anyway. You know me. (laughs) Pole position. Pole position and win in the last 14 consecutive seasons, which is exceptional. Which, by the way, Shumi had that also in his first part of his career before coming back to the midfield Mercedes. But we'll save that for the comparison episode. And first driver since Brabham to win a Grand Prix in three different decades. Pretty good. Damn. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, the guy is one. He's there's 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 a lot of Lewis haters out there, and I think this year, you know, there's there's people are gonna say. If he does end up winning the championship, well, it was a shortened season. Not all the teams were, you know, it, it wasn't an equal playing field, which I completely disagree with. Um, Lewis, we're going to see what happens, and I can't wait. Like, we'll we'll get to the grandstand championship and my predictions for for next week. But um, Lewis, Lewis is is Lewis is here, y'all, and and he ain't playing around. Yeah, he's not fucking around. He's not waiting for the fourth or fifth race to get back into it. Botas did manage to. Yeah, but like, has he defense. ever? Yeah, go back to 2016. First four races, he was kind of mucking around, and uh, he ended up losing a lot of points. He was 
he was like 70 points behind Rosberg, made it back, and then we all know what happened. So right. he's learned. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely learning. We don't need to talk about that. But let me but let's talk about his teammate though, Botas, you know, 3.0, won the first race and didn't have the greatest qualifying, but managed to bring it home P2 and as he called it, you know, damage limitation. And there was a really good scrap there with uh, Max Verstappen uh, for P2, which came out of nowhere. What do you think of that? Uh, well, here's my thing. Like, I think watching that go down, the Red Bull clearly like is was not up to par this past weekend uh, at race two um, at the, the Red Bull ring. I think it was great to see Max in, in, in Valtteri scrap, but I, it, it, I, that, that Red Bull, both Red Bulls just weren't performing like we've seen, like we saw the, in the previous week. Um, and shocking because they usually have it dialed in at home. Yeah, well, I just, I just want to point out Max's performance stands out even more given, you know, his teammates' pace and just the fact that he was able to kind of, you know, take it back to Valtteri when we all thought that was going to be a boring, easy pass. And it just shows you that, you know, this kid is a fucking racer, man. That, and that, there was a few good passes in the, in the race, and that was definitely a ballsy one, uh, repassing oh, Botas. But yeah, I, I, think, I, just, I just think that Mercedes is not fucking around this year. They're not, they usually have a lot of, you know, bad luck at this track, and they fix those issues quickly from that first week, that sensor issue, and they were just on rails rain or dry they were just uh on it well i think for me red bull's got to show up um red bull's got to show up this weekend they really do yeah where was where was our boy album this weekend it was his best result ever in f1 equaled i think but i just can't help but feel that he was off the pace for me all weekend well he even admitted it and, and christian horner had had spoken about how he was a little off the pace. Um, but it didn't seem like it was much, it didn't seem so much. The pressure wasn't so much on the driver himself. I think the team having had to qualify in the rain the next day and having the weather being a little unpredictable, Horner was like, you know what? The t- we were just weren't that dialed in this weekend. And that's, that's, that's that basically. Yeah, did you catch that? I mean, you you obviously caught. You know, we'll get we'll we'll get to Checo and his team later. But there was a bit of a tussle there that same turn four where Albon collided with uh, Lewis in the first race of the season. Just seems like Albon is either cursed by that corner or does is he the problem? Maybe. You know what's know. interesting is that it's so funny because he got interviewed and he he was asked about that little tussle with Checo, and yeah. and he goes, "Yeah, I had nightmares of Lewis." And I was like, oh my God, it's becoming yeah. a thing. Here's Guess interesting though. Guess how, who like, when, <laughs> it is interesting how when he's going into those in he's trying to make that that pass and it's the same situation. Is it uh, he maybe he needs to learn how to like effectively like get the inside there. I don't know what it is, but he he seems like he seems to be just just not quite getting it. Yeah, and in his defense, he was defending there on the outside, but he did put himself at risk again 
And yeah, uh, and just to bounce back on his, you know, nightmare, I think a lot of drivers have nightmares <laughs> about Lewis because he's fucking taken up all the trophies in the last 10 years. But I mean, the thing, though, is that Checo is is an incredibly experienced driver. Um, you know, I think one of the more underrated drivers in F1 and we're starting to see what he can do when he's he's in a car that performs. Oh, yeah. I mean, OK, let's get to Racing Point. They completely fucked up their qualifying. They were nowhere in the rain. They admitted they had no pace. You know, Checo said they had a red flag. He should have made it through Q2, didn't because of a red flag, whatever. But the way they stormed through the field, when even when... So Perez finished P6, although without that, you know, little incident with Albon, he would have had his wing, front wing, and he would have finished, um, I think, at least, P, at least P5, or if not p4 taken on Albon, like he had the speed for that and when you see stroll in p7 he's you know he's not that far off so that means that car has some fucking serious pace i mean did you see what what racing point said today i think i did let's hear it but they basically said that after first of all after renault filing a protest uh, against their brake ducts, uh, saying that they're basically a carbon copy of, no pun intended, of, uh, of yeah, it was a dad joke for everybody. Um, yeah, you, yeah, that was a planned joke. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take. It. I'll accept it. Waiting for my moment. Um, anyway, after Renault uh, filed this protest this weekend, which you know I have my own thoughts on, um, they came back and said that to all their rivals that they think that their car can be even stronger. So watch the fuck out. Yeah. And even Christian Horner said that um, people should be worried. And Danny Rick, uh, I got to find this because uh, this is not my quote of the week, but I just like the way he put it. He basically said he was looking at all the, the telemetry after the race. And right, he was, and he was, I, I mean, I can't find it right now, but he's basically saying, Checo's a great driver, but that car is a little too fast for our liking right now. It has got some serious pace. And Horner even said that that car was faster than the Mercedes at that stage of the race, which we're obviously kind of tuning down because they had this race in the bag. But that that car's got some serious pace, man. So P17 to P6, which could have been the P4, that's the kind of pace that Merck and top teams usually have. you know. So yeah, looking forward to seeing them on those faster tracks. Uh, because they haven't had a clean weekend yet. Uh, in my opinion, they should have gotten at least one podium in the first two races. Yeah, easily. Um, they, they've definitely been underperforming. I think they don't really know. They're still learning what they've got on their hands. That's that's the reality. They're still trying to figure out, okay, we've got all this pace. What the fuck do we do with it? Um, <laughs> you know, and how... They're so excited. I mean, I worry about... So, yeah, I mean, I worry about they're not. I worry that they don't know how to handle the pace that they have to the point that they're either gonna just the brakes are gonna overheat, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to DNF because of that, or they're gonna overheat the engine, or something's gonna happen um, because the car just has so much downforce and so much power um, with that Merc engine in it. You know, it's fuck, man. Don't you dare! If they can get that dare, thing Jinx. dialed in. Don't you dare jinx my team. <laughs> Whoa. What team are you referring to again? 
Oh, sorry, they're not Force India anymore. But they're still a team I really like. I said, don't jinx it. I don't want to hear about these DNFs. They're gonna they're gonna have a strong weekend. Oh, yeah, those, weekend. those Indian roots. Yeah, those Indian roots. Sorry. Um, I mean, I mean, even yeah, if you but have it's to it's it there. Um, it's also it's also Shumi's first uh, uh, first F one team back in the day. This is X Jordan. So I have a I really love this team. Ooh, deep, deep yeah, facts. Dude, a in, man with the deep knowledge. Way back. Um, no podium this week for Norris, but another brilliant, brilliant drive. And he benefited from that last, what is it? Last lap, last corner past our boy Checo for that best of the rest, which oh, we'll get, we'll get to that later, but he really screwed he me on that one. From the- he benefited from that battle between Danny Rick and the and the the racing points, and yeah. then and Checo lost part of his front wing, so he was like, you know, way down on downforce. Didn't have the didn't have the speed uh, to really carry him and, and beat Lando, and then Lando got him at the last second. What a fucking drive, though! Those last two laps. That last two, <laughs> yeah, that because that that pass. By the way, so Stroll dive bombs Danny Rick, who is you know. Mr. Dive Bomb, but he kind of takes both of them off track. And then you got Norris zigzagging, gets past both of them. That was epic. Uh, and in the end, it just made for like that that photo finish. I think there was two tents between Perez, Stroll, and Rick. And on TV, I didn't realize the line was so early, you know, on the straight. Because, it, you know, Perez was losing speed visually at like a huge, you know, rate. But Wow. Um, what do we think of that Stroll versus Danny Rick, though? Because it did look like it wasn't as clean of a move, and Danny Rick thought there should have been, you know, penalty and maybe the race I, position I, I given back. Think, I don't think it was. I think it's a racing incident. I think I'm actually really impressed with how Lance Stroll has responded to this new car. You know, like if he was still if he was still finishing out of the top ten, and Checo was having the performances he's had so far. You know, we'll see how the season progresses, but, um, you know, I think Danny Rick still is clearly not confident in the Renault. Um, that's that's obvious, and I think everybody on the grid knows that, including Stroll and and, and Checo, and they know that they're going to be battling. It's going to be a battle between McLaren, McLaren, Renault, and uh, and 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 we'll see what happens with Pink Merck, but in Pink Merck for the time being. <laughs> and maybe Ferrari gets in that mix because they can't figure out what the fuck they're doing. So, you know, it's it's exciting, man. But I think Danny Rick, with all due respect, because he's, you know, I love him to death. Um, he can't wait to get out of that car and get to McLaren. Yeah, I think that's the silver lining for him is that he's getting beat by those McLarens, which he can see are like on such an ascendant, you know, uh, route so that's that, that's the best thing for him is he like he can tell that next year he's going to be in a very competitive car but you know he still wants to scrap out there uh but norris though i mean that's two races in a row where he's really you know he's giving us that youth that f1 has been missing for the past few years oh, so 100 thank you for that yeah and with such and, like, in that amazing like the the enthusiasm of his radio is just <laughs> oh dude it's so it's fucking amazing he's just a laugh and the it's, he's like a little kid on Christmas. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> We got it on point. 
Oh man, yeah. I mean, like, like, if you don't like Lando Norris, then you don't like life. That's all I can say. Uh, his teammate Carlos Sainz put in a banger of a lap too in quality P three, best qualifying ever. And his race strategy didn't really pan out. You know, if we if we look at the the race, he should have had that P five, but he just got let go back in traffic. But you know, they'll learn from that mistake. But still scored points P nine, and McLaren is in P two in the constructors championship. That is crazy. That's insane. And Lando Norris is in P3 of the Drivers' Championship. And he's already scored more than 50% of the points he scored in the whole of 2019 in the first two races of this year. That's That's insane. Good for him, man. Like, F1 needs that. F1 needs, like, a young driver just like him. I mean, not to say they haven't had it in Max and and sort of with, with Charles. Um Lando's exciting, man. He, he, you know, and he's got good energy. He's not as, you know, his asshole isn't wound as tight as, as Charles is. Um, and he's not as much of a pompous prick as Max. So he's kind of in between and he's funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Everyone loves the underdog story. I mean, oh, McLaren yeah. coming back. So, I mean, that obviously elevates the whole storyline. But I like the yeah. way you describe Charles there. Sorry, but is <laughs> Charles. <laughs> He's where's uh, where's your love for Charles gone? Never existed. No, I mean I don't have any disrespect for Charles. I I like the kid. I just I feel bad for him right now, but he also fucked up this last weekend. So um Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we can just talk about Ferrari for a second, because I feel like we touched upon it, but what like what the fuck? I thought I had seen the worst, but they actually managed to to go worse from a P ten and P fourteen qualifying. In the race, taking each other out, Leclerc launching in the air. He looked it looked like he ollied off that curb and sideswiped Vettel there. I mean, that was just unnecessary. And it's just that when Binotto is such a softy in an interview, he's like, I don't know, it just doesn't give me any confidence that things are gonna turn around. Hope I'm wrong, but that was rough for all Tifosi out there. Yeah. Um drink some prosecco and and, and cry about it. I don't know. Damn. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a tifoso, but where's your heart, Ryan? I mean, when it comes to Ferrari, like I just don't know why anybody keeps expecting them to show up right now. Again, like they have done nothing in the hybrid era that warrants the expectations. I would beg to differ. 17 and 18, they had a shot. They fucked up because of their strategy, which is, you know, right. terrible, but this year they're they're not even on pace, man. They're okay. I think they're so they got a podium out of nowhere last week, but they're P five in the constructors championship. Well, whatever. I, I, it's starting to get exhausting listening to people be like, "Where's Ferrari? What's going on with Ferrari?" It's like I, they're a legend. They're a legendary team, but these kind of these these kind of mistakes, whether it's from a driver or on strategy have become kind of the norm at that team and something's got to give, you know? And meanwhile, like look at what's happening. McLaren's creeping in. McLaren's creeping in racing point out of fucking nowhere with Papa strolls. Money is saying like later. And you know, Merck is just like laughing to the bank. Yeah. Merck is like, I'm going to take that record that you guys set 10 years ago. Uh, So some people seem to think Renault is, you know, going to get in that mix of that midfield as well. 
Ocon retired early, but he was showing some really good speed also this weekend with a P5 in quality, which was excellent. I know that you didn't think that he should have been fighting with Danny Rick, but I thought that he had to show people that he's not a little pushover, basically. So I enjoyed that. No, I I think Ocon... Yeah, I think Ocon had a great race until, until, you know, he didn't. Um, But we'll see. I... It, I think the Renaults can be racy. I think they can compete, but it's going to be more on the driver to t- get every ounce of performance out of those cars than it is going to be on, you know, the garage or, you know, the strategist personally. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for Alonso to take an FP one at this point this year, at some point this year. I mean, we McLaren's didn't mention it too much last McLaren's weekend, but you want to talk about who's laughing right now. McLaren is probably like, well, you know, here here's here good luck <laughs> you know what you know what zach brown said which i really enjoyed is like you know they're talking about teams and all he said you know he kind of threw a little right hook at the other midfield teams without really doing it he said we've got two great drivers but he was insinuating the others don't so we're good basically and i i tend to agree with him like they've got some solid performance. And I think that once Renault gets their uh, reliability issues, you know, figured out, I think, you know, they could be a decent team. Don't write them off yet. I think the dark days are over. We'll see. I, I hope so. Cause it, it's good for the sport with a strong Renault. Alpha Tauri, uh, Gasly qualified P eight, uh, amazing lap again. And I'm not just saying that cause he's French. Uh, I know where you're, you know, I don't want to be accused of anything here, but, it's uh it's Bastille Day, so vive la France, you know. <laughs> it is, yeah. La République. Uh anyway, he didn't do so well in the race. Pitt got P fifteen, but Kvia got a point in P ten. Not much to say, you know, from Alpha is that they had a good decent qualifying and you know, they kind of crumbled in the race just as Alpha and Haas tend to do. Yeah. I mean, the back of the field there was really not much to write home about. Um you know, I think if we look at the winners and losers from this week, you know, where do you stand? Well, I would like to say from the back of the field, we didn't mention, but I think he deserves a quick mention is uh, George Russell, who put the car in P12 and qualifying yeah. in the rain. So that just shows you how much of a driver that kid is. So that was that was really cool to see, you know. Um, and he wasn't too didn't far have the off. pace in the race. He wasn't too far off from getting into Q three. I think he was maybe like a tenth off off getting into Q three. Oh yeah, it was even less than that. It was like a few hundreds. But okay. yeah, he uh, he fucked up in the race. He kind of went offline. He went to the gravel. He apologized, but he still managed to beat his teammate, which I think that's kind of the most important. Even with all those problems, he still, you know. Continues that trend of always beating his teammate. So they're P16, P17. But yeah, good on him for that qualifying. That's just, he, I, in my opinion, he's definitely one of the winners of the weekend, even though he didn't score any points for that. Definitely yeah. one of those outstanding performances. So for me, I would say, obviously, winners, Lewis Hamilton. I mean, how could you not put him up there? Merck won two, um, solved their issues. Um, Lando and McLaren, obviously. Uh, racing point, even though they didn't get as many uh, points as they wished, they're, they're showing some really good pace. But I also put them in the losers too because 
it should have gotten more. Um, yeah. I think, I think you're right on that. I actually, you know, I'm going to go out here on a limb here and say, Renault was actually a winner from this weekend, even though they didn't get a, uh, they got a DNF and, and Danny Rick was having a little bit of trouble in the midfield. I think there were a lot of positives to take away from the, for them. Um, the fact that they were actually competing, you know, for, for those that, that like P seven, the P P five position, um, mm. that's a good look, you know, and, and that's something that, that they should take away and, uh, take away. I think that's a positive for them. That's what it, yeah. Well, hold on. We'll record that real quick. You well, it is dishing out compliments. <laughs> it is being recorded. It's only, <laughs> I hope so. I think it's only because it's the 14th of July. You're being nice to the Frenchies today. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the year. It's my one day out of 365. <laughs> uh, you know you know who's another winner for a different reason is um, – uh, Mercedes, you know, who put on uh, a, an engineer from the fluid department uh, as the, the the only black female in Formula One, and she went up to get the constructors uh, trophy. So I think that just you know consolidates their their willingness to um, make their team and make F one more diverse. So you know you got to point that out. I thought that was really cool. Hundred percent, love that. That was uh, that was a really class move from them. Where do we stand on the robot giving the <laughs> creepy, so creepily, weird. slowly coming into frame <laughs> R2-D2 so style? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was funny once, but I don't think we should re- repeat that too much. <laughs> repeat that. Um, yeah, get it out of here. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think Hamilton was like, that shit was weird. <laughs> yeah, everybody was. Um, all right, so I think we need to get to our our championship because um, you know things have. Uh, we know that Bottas is still in the lead in F one. Lewis has got momentum, but we have a race in a few days, and we also need to put our predictions on the books here. Um, after round two in Styria, I must say, after you put in a an amazing performance in round one, um, I caught up and with the Leclerc. To pulling a Grosjean, I'm now ahead nine to eight on points. Yeah, one point ahead. So it's it's. I like this point system. You can you can really win or lose a lot. Um, the new point system's working for me. So I like that it's competitive. Pre- yeah, me too. I agree. I feel like you know it's good to give uh, um, the smaller people a chance in our championship as well. Yeah, you know, I got to give the little guy a chance. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I kind of i i cleaned i i cleaned up on with Leclerc. You got pole, and also, uh, but I got the winner. You you really were optimistic on those uh, Red Bulls uh, last weekend. But what do we think of um, what do we think of our um, Budapest predictions? So I'm going strictly on previous year's performances for pole and podium uh lewis loves this track merc loves this track so i'm going ham on pole ham p1 botas p2 and i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a limb here i'm saying albon gets his first podium okay wow yeah Exciting. Who's getting one, that? Who's getting that Formula 1.5? Or should we call it 1.2? Checo. 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 
It's got to. Right. It's got. It's got to happen this weekend. Yeah. Um, who's going to get the Grosjean moment if there is one? Oh man, it's so hard not to go for Ferrari right now or any anything they're doing. Because um, <laughs> honestly, Haas has been you know Haas has been pretty quiet, just kind of like you know, kind of just doing Haas shit. Um, you know, the Williams don't have a lot of Grosjean moments other than the fact that their car is slow compared to the rest of the field. Um, oh man. I think I'm going to go with, I think Grosjean's due. Yeah. It's like one out of every three races. Yeah. I mean, when in doubt, just got, you got to put the OG. Yeah. I'm going to go. Um, yeah. OG Grosjean moment goes the OG. Uh, oh man. Uh, I think so. I think Hungary is where Lewis won his first race. Uh, for Mercedes. He loves his track. I think he's got a shitload of pulls there, so I cannot go against Hamilton with his confidence. For the win, I'm going to go for Hamilton. I'm going to throw in uh, Max in P2, and I'm going to put um, Albon in P3. Um, hey. I think Red Bull's going to have a strong performance. I feel like by doing this, I always underestimate Botas, who I think is having a great fucking year. Um you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to I'm going to put Botas just to make things more interesting. Botas P3, 1.5 agreed. I think it's go- it has to be has to be Perez. Please don't have an incident this race. And for the Grosjean moment, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I think Danny Rick. Whoa. Simply based on the fact that he might start overdriving. And, you know, that tends to lead to mistakes. <clears throat> I don't want it, but I'm just – you, you got to switch it up in this in this season because five points, a lot of points for that. Yeah, point. it is. Actually, yeah, five points for the Grosjean moment. Um, yeah, let's hope he doesn't back in anybody or, you know, anything like that. <laughs> um, we uh, – do you have a quote of the week? Kind of skipped over that one. You know, I do. I do. Um, and it goes back to Racing Point. Uh, we'll make this quick. Racing Point warns its rivals even stronger. Um, it's just a cheeky little quote. Um, there might, be, and it comes from uh, Otmar, and he basically said, "There might be some circuits that suit us a little better than this one did, and we will be closer." Yep, meaning closer that's to like, Mercedes. That's like yeah. the most subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's you know what I call so that. That's, uh, that's- Big dick energy right there. That is big dick energy. (laughs) I got a quote that you're going to love. So it's from Twitter. It's from Twitter. It's from uh, um, a really big uh, F1 Twitter guy called Chain Bear. At Chain Bear. Thank you for this. This is gold. Here we go. If you've had Alonzo, Raikkonen, and Vettel in your car for 10 years and haven't succeeded, maybe the problem is you. Ooh, that one hurts. Ah, <laughs> that one really hurts. I mean, it's not like there's one, two, three, four, six, seven titles between those three. Yeah, uh, that that stings. That's a good. That's a big dig at our uh, uh, friends in red. But I thought you'd get a kick of that. So that was my quote. That was good. That was good. Yeah, I love that. Wow, we're already well, we're forty eight hours away from those uh, first go. interviews. Let's do this. Speaking of Twitter, you know where to find us at the Grandstand F1 on Twitter, on Instagram. You can listen 
to our following podcast and all our archives on any platform that has podcasts because that's how we roll, right? That's how we roll. And we'll see you in a few days for round three already. Holy shit. The season's going by too quickly already. Can't wait. See you next week.